I will say to couples, especially just starting off, give yourself grace. It <laughs> is one of those things that you're learning your partner's style of uh, how they travel and, you know, the, mm-hmm. the peaks and the pits of traveling together. And when things don't go right, like, how do you guys bounce back from that? Fred and I have had so many challenges in traveling that now it's almost a joke and we laugh. Happy Friday, Ronnie. Happy Friday, Krista. Welcome back to all our listeners to another episode of Nourish Your Drive. And thanks so much for tuning in from wherever you are in the world today. We're recording at the end of my Friday and leading into week six of lockdown. Um, I was thinking about what I was, I've been doing with my time now that I can't go out and quote unquote be busy. And I was thinking about all the reading and the podcasting we've been doing and, you know, working. And so my random question of the day for you, Ronnie, is... Has your screen time increased since lockdown? I feel like you're judging me with that question <laughs> and I don't appreciate it. Um, it depends <laughs> It depends on the day. I saw this funny meme that somebody posted on their Facebook story and they were like screen time for the day, 28 hours and 30 minutes. <laughs> so it has definitely increased and it's mainly because I use my devices for business as well um but i've definitely been scrolling with the past time i'm not gonna lie but um it's increased a little bit i would say probably no more than 10 percent. i got the notification on instagram because i said it that i could only use it for an hour and somebody was like really shocked and i was like well i'm on there for multiple things and you know it's not just me scrolling instagram i definitely Um, can't do instagram for an hour child no i would fail every day (laughs) I, I I like have been bumped off of it multiple times this week, right? Because I'm like on there <laughs> for like the book club and, you know, as we're setting up the podcast page and I'm just like this, there's too much time on screen. And uh, when you're trying to read books and everything else, I, I feel like we're spending so much time attached to technology, but at the same time, super grateful for it because obviously that's how we're connecting yep. um, during this period of time. Um, but Today, we have some really um, exciting guests from your hometown, Chi-Town. Yes, Chi-Town. Stand up, Windy City. (laughs) So Lydia and Fred Jenkins are joining us today. Um, I met them in Cincinnati, Ohio, when I was home for a short stint of time, um, and we all hit it off, and Lydia was part of the book club. And, you know, we've stayed in touch because of technology and we're, we're, you know, joining them today via Anchor. But um, without further ado, I want to welcome them and jump right in because I think there's a lot of different things we can cover today, including um, some of the work that they've been doing with the Date Night Collection. They're really focused in in one of those inspirational couples. So I'm really excited about today's episode. What's up? Hi, how are you guys? (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us, Lydia and Fred. Thank you. We appreciate it. So we're just looking to have some fun under this quarantine time. And I will let you know, we have a newborn in our arms named Christian. So at any point, if you hear a baby sound, that is him too. 
<laughs> right. And we're not editing it out. So this is real life, real things. <laughs> I think speaking of which, how has it been new parents during lockdown? Uh, it's been good. It really didn't change much. Uh, he was born on January 17th. So there was still some time and we actually went to a couple places with him for dinner with some friends and stuff before everything kind of started happening. So, but we weren't really going out much. Uh, so we're glad we got those experiences in. And then other than that, it's been a lot of cooking from home and we've taken walks when we can to get outside. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's actually been about the same. Yeah. Well, I feel like we haven't left the newborn stage. Everybody's like, well, how's it going? Are you guys making it okay? It's like, yeah, we're still locked down and it's, it's, it's going really well for us. We're grateful for this time. Yeah. I know it. It sucks uh, to be indoors and not be able to go anywhere and travel, but we are cherishing the moments we have with this little guy for sure. That's amazing. I can remember when I first um, came home with Hunter and I had all these rules in place, right? Like I was like, where's the hand sanitizer? I told my husband, no one is allowed in the house. No, spe- like we were so strict about it. And I just wanted to be left alone anyway. Yeah. So I was like, I am tired. I was in labor for over 20, for over 30 hours. Woo. I don't want to see anybody. I just want to sleep. And Hunter was just nursing all the time. So I'm just like, I feel like a used like vessel. All you want me for is your milk. And, <laughs> but I also appreciated that bonding time that we got to share as mommy and daughter. And it's, it's really special. And my husband, um, he enjoyed it as well. And I had him do all the things, um, skin to skin, everything that we could do to bond. So I think that Um, you know, it's definitely can be seen as a blessing in disguise to be able to pause during all of this, especially if you are new parents. So big ups to you and just going with the flow and um, doing what you can, right? Nurturing that baby boy and making sure that he's good. So um, one of the reasons we chose you two for today's podcast was because of your mutual love for travel and because you both have careers that are tied to travel in some form or another. And so, Lydia, you pre- previously did event planning for large conferences in major cities, and Fred is a pilot. So that is exciting. And I'm sure that it's really interesting for you right now with everything going on, Fred. Yes, it has. It's been interesting times. But again, it's kind of led to more time at home. So uh, for my airline, yeah, like everybody else, they've cut back quite a bit. But I think we should be in a good shape for us particularly to uh, bounce back. I fly for one of the ultra low cost carriers here. And so they're, they're telling us at least on the front that we should be safe and sound and good. Um, for now so we'll see what happens um, supposedly we heard um, some bookings have already picked up for later this year so if that mm-hmm. holds then I think we'll be in good shape so for me cross the fingers uh, jobs should be safe and sound so I'm just enjoying the time at home with the family absolutely we're going to keep those spirits up and wish for the exact same for you and and Lydia tell us a little bit more about your experience in the travel industry from the event planning perspective Yeah, so um, I started my career in on-site travel um, in regards to event planning, just traveling all over the country and executing events that way, and then came in-house and um, worked for a different couple different companies, whether it be a destination management company out in Phoenix, Arizona, to a convention center when I was out in um, Cincinnati, Ohio, so 
um, whether it be on the ground executing events, uh, corporate events that were coming into town or um, traveling to get business into our city. Um, travel's pretty much been a part of my career the entire time I've been in the industry and it's just changed so much. And uh, definitely in this time in Chicago, I was freelancing right before all of this happened and um, going on site and executing events and everything has come to a halt in the city um, through yeah. May from what I hear so far, but um, the industry is resilient and I know it'll come back. Um, it might take a little time, but uh, people will always travel. We always need to meet face to face both globally absolutely. and domestically. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely understand from the event planning perspective. I do it for my nine to five as well. But one of the businesses that I own is a personal development um, brand that really focuses on women's empowerment. And our third annual summit was supposed to be May 16th. Oh, man. But that is not happening. So we have pushed that back. And um, it, it's changed the landscape very quickly and rapidly. And people have had to make major adjustments, um, you know, some major festivals, right, that have had to be canceled. And mm -hmm. um, but I think that people are I think that individuals are a little bit more understanding now because it's been stripped from everyone, right? Yeah. So it's not just a city in particular that's, you know, undergoing some of these things that are changing with events and festivals and the travel industry. Um, it's across the globe. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. I think there will be some facets of the business that won't come back um, in regards to people realize working from home or, you know, um, uh, not as much travel maybe will come back in the business world, but I think so many people yearn for that personal connection that uh, we will definitely see those festivals and larger events come back bigger and stronger yeah. and everybody will want to be there even more. Absolutely. Now, Chicago isn't home for you both. No. So, you know, let's share a little bit about your background, where you're both from, how did you meet? And how did you end up in Chicago? So I'll go first. Um, so I was born in uh, Reno, Nevada. And my mom actually grew up uh, or grew up. She um, was in the travel industry um, when I was younger. So literally since I was six months old, I think I took my first flight. Um, she used to work for U.S. Airways. So we used to travel all the time personally. And then um, in middle school, I moved to... Uh, Indianapolis. So I grew up in Indianapolis and have was lived my, you know, childhood there and we traveled all over. And then Fred and I actually met in college our junior year. And um, my junior year, second semester, I decided to study abroad um, in a little town called Vecca, Sweden. And um, like I said, I always loved traveling domestically. My, my family did it growing up, but then that urge to get out of the country kind of happened in college. And then once I did, took six months there, it was on. So from then on out, I personally traveled. And then Fred and I got married in 2010. And we are a type of people who pick up and go on the weekend like it's nothing. Um, and then when he started flying commercially as well, it was just insane. And try to take as many trips as we could. So that kind of led to our travel as a couple. Yeah, and for me, uh, it's just been kind of a curiosity for a long time. Uh, 
being from Cincinnati, we mostly drove for most of the vacations. We were lucky enough. We usually went to Hilton Head every year. Um, and along the ways, we'd see family in Atlanta and Columbia, South Carolina. But we really didn't do um, much international travel as a family. Like we went to the Bahamas once. Um, it really wasn't until I had the opportunity during like a high school spring break trip to go to Costa Rica. Uh, and that really opened my eyes to like kind of the rest of the world and what was potentially out there. And then with my interest being in aviation and wanting to be a pilot, um, that kind of always piqued me as an opportunity to try and take advantage of. So as she said, once we uh, kind of met and dated and we settled down from there, it was just kind of a, that was a mutual interest we shared together. And we've always tried to explore that together. So it's just been kind of the rest is history since. That is a beautiful thing. I'm curious to know. Um, so Lydia, you have been traveling since you were six months old. <laughs> and um, I actually started traveling with Hunter as my daughter's name when she was eight months. So okay. she got her wings when she was eight months. Nice. And um, we as a family went abroad when she um, was two okay and even for her first birthday we were um we were like we're not having a party we're going to puerto rico nice. so we <laughs> we went to That's puerto awesome. rico for her birthday and we really want to focus on her having experiences over things right and so when you think about the fact that you two have both traveled a lot as a couple and now you have beautiful baby christian when, when do you think that you will kind of take that leap and start to travel with him well, if all things hold, if things improve by this fall, our plan is to attend because we're both in a friend's wedding that'll be in Austin in October. So if that wedding holds, uh, that will be Christian's first time flying and traveling. So he'll be about, uh, what, eight months old? Uh, no, 10 months old, 10 months old then. So we, uh, we're, we're, we'll be looking towards it. And I think it's definitely something that we know that if a kid is probably raised up and brought up with that as the experience, then hopefully that'll open up their world as they kind of grow up and, and those horizons, you know, I think as, uh, you know, we, we live on this wonderful rock and there's just so many different people and places to see and uh, places to explore and people to get to know in different cultures. And uh, I think opening up those horizons can be a part of a, a better uh, whole lived experience. So that's definitely something we want to bring Christian in with us along the way. I agree. That is amazing and wonderful. I think when my husband and I met, well, we weren't, you know, husband and wife then, but I had traveled abroad in high school. I went to Egypt and um, Israel and went to the Holy Land with my church. And it was a wonderful experience. It was definitely culture shock. And I want to go back again because I didn't appreciate it the way that it should have been appreciated at mm -hmm. 18 years old. Mm -hmm. um, but we took our first family trip together in 2018. Um, I believe that's when it was, Krista, right? May of 2018. Yeah, because uh, we're coming up on 20. And we that was our first family trip mm -hmm. together. It was my it was my husband's first international trip. And so I think that when he got to experience that feel of going to a, an entirely new country, he caught the bug. So <laughs> nice. I, I definitely take credit for getting him well <laughs> versed in travel. I'm just like, we got to go somewhere, boo. You got to get out in the world. Um, <laughs> so would you say that your passion for travel has changed, um, stayed the same for you individually um, since becoming a couple? Um, I think, well, so our first international trip together was 2014. We did the world cup 
and my husband is obsessed with soccer fred is and brazil is where we went so just culturally like he was talking it was one of those once in a lifetime experiences and we were like there's no way we can't experience this moving forward like we have to do this mm-hmm. um so we kind of made a pact with each other that once a year we're going to do it international trip and that has always been the conversation even when um, we did have Christian like of course we're going to bring him along we'll just make it work whether he's young or Mm -hmm. older Um, so um, I think we want to continue with that tradition in regards to um, bringing him along we're lucky and lucky enough our last big international trip was to London where we got to see Krista not too long ago Um, but it was it's, it's just so important, um, especially what Fred was saying, just culturally and educationally. Um, I feel like some of our best moments were literally talking to people um, from a different culture, talking about their experiences and their history and how they grew up. Those are the nights mm-hmm. I can literally picture in my mind that I'll never forget. And I just appreciate so much. So it's very important to us. That's the beautiful thing about going and exploring, right? Yeah, for sure. I feel like that's a continual theme, Ronnie. Everybody we've interviewed in the past, like three or four episodes has mentioned the same thing. Go out and meet the locals, talk to random people, um, get to know them, ask them where their favorite spots are. What's their favorite thing on the menu? What are they doing with their downtime? Um, Which leads me to your favorite trip. So we asked you where your favorite trip Mm -hmm. was. And I don't know if Veronica and I are just picking people that really like the same (laughs) locations and we might need to switch it up, but everybody has been saying like Japan and Spain and you're, (laughs) so your favorite trip was Spain. Um, Though Fred swears it was Liverpool (laughs) because of his favorite football team. That's soccer for our Americans listening in. Um, But let's talk about Spain. You went to a few locations, Barcelona, Sevilla, Valencia, and San Sebastian. Um, Don't, don't judge me Spaniards that are listening to my accent. Like I'm a Latin American Spanish speaker, but you know, so let's talk about it. How did you guys first choose uh, to go well, there? This was kind of, it was my turn on the rotation. So the, the, the year before uh, Lydia had always wanted to do something in South Asia. So we did Thailand. And uh, so that was kind of like her trip. So it was my year and I had been dying to do Europe and Spain was high on the list. Um, just because of all the beautiful things we heard. And I think then the more we researched it, the more we were uh, both locked in. So, um, yeah, that's really how the basic part of the trip came about. And then picking out our cities was mostly just up to the fact of what did each city kind of offer. Um, And from our preliminary planning, it was kind of, all right, well, Madrid will kind of be there. Madrid's a big city, we had heard. Um, But Barcelona being another big city, we'd heard there's maybe a little bit of a different twist to Spain and the culture over there. Um, And some of the architecture with Gaudi and the uh, La Familia Sagrada, or La Sagrada Familia, excuse me. Um, Then uh, we're big foodies. So when we heard about San Sebastian being basically the Michelin star capital of the uh, world, um, or at least in Europe, we were like, all right, that's a stop there. And they're famous uh, Pinto bars for their version of tapas. Um, Valencia had always been near and dear to my heart, uh, due to being on the coast and my favorite Spanish soccer team is there. 
So of course it had to be tied to something. <laughs> we didn't we weren't gonna go to a game, but I just had to see the city. We'll travel for soccer. That is a <laughs> I, I feel like that should be the like label for this, this this whole episode. Yeah. We'll travel Fred for Fred and football. Lydia's trips, uh, in parentheses, really Fred's soccer trips. Uh, and then uh Sevilla was just due to the amazing history and the passion we had heard about the uh culture, you know, being in southern Spain and Andalusia, um, and some of the ties to the Moors and the architecture there as well. So that was kind of the preliminary planning of why we picked those cities in Spain and uh, why it was so high on the list. So talk about some of your favorite things that you've seen. And let's start in Barcelona. So you mentioned Gaudi and La Sagrada Familia. Um, you stayed in the mm -hmm. Gothic Quarter um, in an Airbnb. So why did you guys choose Airbnb versus uh, hotels? It was the only thing <laughs> affordable. <laughs> At the time we were going to visit, that it basically got limited. Yeah, we I perused everything. I knew we wanted to try and be in a decent part of town, close to stuff, so we didn't have to worry too much about using taxis or Ubers. Um, and so, uh, being in the Gothic Quarter was uh, I highly recommend anybody to be there. It's really close to some of the tour stuff if you want to do that. I believe the main street they call it Las Ramblas. Um, yeah. So it's yep. really close to there. We were close to um, subway and bus stops. So we used the subway quite a bit. Like when we took a tour of the FC Barcelona Stadium, uh, which is out on the west side of the city. So, um, you know, it was uh, a place where we just knew we'd have easy access to a lot of things. And that's why we picked uh, the Gothic Quarter. And like I said, we just found an Airbnb uh, in the end because it was basically the best affordable option. It was a, a, a partly like we got a, a room a uh, private room uh, within a residence with our uh, host. Um, that's how we ended up there. And Barcelona is part of the, the Catalonia area of Spain. So you guys saw the North and the South, which is, you know, very different cultures within, within the country. Um, so let's go to San Sebastian, which is also part of the North. So you went there because you wanted to get into the food. So top Michelin starred restaurant that you went to? Yes, Did you try so, any? Um, oh, I can't recall. Amelia. It. Okay. Amelia is the name of it. And I think it had one Michelin yeah. star. Um, so for Fred and I, every time we go on an international trip, we make it a point to do like romantic date nights or something culturally, whether it's like a cooking class or something different, um, something kind of cute and romantic. And we were like, we're definitely going to a the Michelin star restaurant and we've never experienced it before personally in our life. And it was to die for, I would suggest anybody do it. Um, that area alone is just so romantic. If you're thinking about going to um, Spain at all, I a hundred percent suggest it like for a honeymoon and, um, or just like a romantic trip period. I'll just never forget. We, um, took the bus in, um, to the city itself and it was probably around dusk and I think it was like seven or eight o'clock at that time the sun was still out but we we're walking to our hotel from the bus um and I just remember like these older people they probably had to be like 80 years old sitting on the bench <laughs> in the middle of September like holding hands like taking it all in and just it was just such a cool romantic city 
and like being in the U.S. at like eight, seven, eight o'clock, old people are like in. They're not. They're not. <laughs> they're not holding hands on the bench. But like, I feel like everybody just slowed down there and just was present, and it was just a really unique experience that I've never never had i've never had wild traveling and i think the other part of it that was nice is being you know san sebastian being so close to france up there it has a lot of parisian architecture mm -hmm. the way the streets look mm -hmm. um and so the architecture of the town is beautiful like we said the bus stop where we walked is right along where the river runs through town um and it was just a beautiful setting they have a beach there that was amazing we caught some good weather um the time of the year we were there um, the yeah, it's just streets, yeah. The cobblestone streets are everywhere, so it's just a beautiful place. District, like yeah. it is just everything you <laughs> want it to be. And I will say for sure, it was high on Fred's list to go to Spain. It was not high on my list to go to Spain. And um, once we took the trip, I am I was like, how did I say I never wanted to go to Spain or it wasn't high on my list because it was that incredible. Every piece of it, it was just magical. So let's mm -hmm. go to another part of Spain. So you guys then took a trip mm -hmm. to the middle coast mm -hmm. to Valencia. So mm -hmm. you stayed in Airbnb um, again, and yes. you went for the culture, the arts and sciences. What was that like compared to where you had been already? Barcelona's a party town, lots of culture, good food, beach. Then you go to a romantic town on the beach as well. Yeah. Like, I see the, a theme here. The, well, that now was, you're in, <laughs> now, sorry. Now that you're was in the Valencia. Beautiful part about Spain that every city was different. So San Sebastian had this mix of food and the beach, uh, and this Parisian kind of feel to it. Barcelona, like you said, is a big city. Some of the architecture, touristy stuff like that. Uh, Valencia very much felt like a very cool, calm family town along the beach. Um, it was a little bit more quiet and slow paced. Probably the best Airbnb we've ever stayed in. Uh, we rented off of a man named H Jose. It was close to um, the university district and one of their main parks. And what was beautiful was, I believe it used to be an old um, aqueduct or river that used to run through, but the main park that cuts through all of Valencia around the old part of town is like a sunken level. So you go down and it's just this huge wide swath of a park where you can walk and bike and they have little fields and stuff in there everywhere. And then obviously you have the coast there, the Mediterranean and all that stuff. So just a beautiful, uh, uh, not the Mediterranean, but um, just a beautiful coastal city, uh, much more chill, a much more relaxed vibe. So that was kind of like a nice different pace to go through as well. They had great architectures there, well, uh, there as well too. Our take, yeah. I was just going to say our takeaway from Lydia. Valencia was like in the future retirement plan, potentially moving there and potentially living there half the year or something that's that was the effect <laughs> Valencia had on us okay yeah <laughs> so you loved it so traveling right traveling from Barcelona Sevilla Valencia did you guys know we thought about it but our goal was to just kind of stay stay free of that um I I will take a time to note here our plans were a little more difficult because I did plan on trying to see a soccer match <laughs> so we flew into Barcelona <laughs> and then from there we were going to catch a flight to Bilbao and then we took a bus to San Sebastian and then we went back from San Sebastian to Barcelona. So the goal was to see a soccer match in Barcelona, which ended up getting canceled, which threw off all our plans anyway, but we had booked everything. Yeah. So it threw it out. Bummer. We had a lot of travel. So I would highly recommend just let, spend time in the city you fly into first and then travel from there <laughs> yeah. instead of trying to hop back and forth between the main hubs. But we did mostly 
I think we took uh, three plane flights and then one train ride. We took the train between Barcelona and um, Valencia. And I'd highly recommend that too. That was beautiful just seeing the country ride. The trains are very affordable. Still buy your tickets in advance. It works very similar to plane tickets because um, we got caught up in that trying to go from on our very last day when we left Sevilla to go to Madrid. We flew out of Madrid back to the States um, and we waited to buy our train tickets to the last minute. Well, it turned out um, at the time, the train tickets became more expensive than just taking the short flight. So we ended up just flying, um, I believe, on um, Ryanair from Sevilla to Madrid, I think, because um, the tickets were actually cheaper. And what was Sevilla like? You went for the history. Yeah. So Sevilla was tell stunning. me a little bit more it's about it. What you would think of when you think of an old European town with um, winding little narrow alleyways um, and Sevilla just had amazing history from the sense of the mix of where the Moors had been um, and the Muslim architecture that existed um, at some of the buildings. Um, and then as well as the tapas there are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, you really can't beat it. Um, that was really the place where Lydia found one of her new favorite drinks. I believe uh, Amstel makes a lemon <laughs> Rattler. That was so her, and, and then uh, Sherry as well at night. So those were Lydia's two drinks in Sevilla she absolutely fell in love with. Um, we took a food tour there as well, and it was just amazing to meet the mix. Our tour guide was a French woman, but she had been living in Sevilla uh, or Seville for a decade. And she basically went there just after university and she just stayed when she fell in love. So um, obviously more Europeans putting us to shame. Not only does she know French, English and Spanish. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was just an amazing mix. We ran into a couple of Americans on our group in our food tour. We ran into a, a couple from Liverpool. So it was just, it was just the, yeah. They're my people. people yeah. They're your so people. It was just this amazing mix of everything <laughs> put together. Um, I highly recommend if you go to Sevilla, you must take a tour of the Cathedral of Seville. It's been, I think it was started getting built in the 1500s. Um, it's where Christopher Columbus uh, remains entombed. Um, and there's just some amazing, beautiful architecture. Uh, and the views from the bell tower there are absolutely uh, stunning as well. So, I think what I want to do is ask a little bit more about what tips you have as a couple, because clearly you guys have, you have a, mm-hmm. a rhythm to this. It, you can tell. Um, so you started the date night collection just to post a little bit more about that, but tell us a little bit more about the date night collection and what tips you do have for other couples who wish to travel together. You guys have been together 10 years and, and you're making it work. Yeah. So, so the date tell night us a little collection bit more. Um, is on Instagram and I just post about, Places that we've been, some of the highlights, um, especially when it comes to like little tips and tricks to do in different cities. I want to say in a big picture, um, traveling wise, um, I will say to couples, especially just starting off, give yourself grace. Um, It (laughs) is one of those things that you're learning your couple, your your partner's style of uh, how they travel and you know, the, mm-hmm. the peaks and the pits of traveling together. And when things don't go right, like, how do you guys bounce back from that? Fred and I have had so many tra- challenges in traveling that now it's almost a joke and we laugh about it. But um, we really had to lean in and leaning into each other when it came to our strengths. Um, I will say one of Fred's biggest strengths is um, in another country is getting around like he 
downloads Google Maps. He knows where we're going. He knows what bus to take. He knows. And I'm like, I just sit back and let him do his thing. Whereas at the beginning of our 10 years, I would be like, but I think we need to turn down this street and do this and do that. And if it doesn't work out, like, and he gets it wrong, it's like, okay, that's okay. Just like going with the flow. Um, I also think it's really hugely important to do your research in advance. Um, like, especially those little streets and towns and local places that you think you want to hit up, know those in advance, but again, continue that conversation when you get on site, um, because the locals do know, like, I'll never forget when we went to Brazil, we stayed with a host, um, for the world cup. And one of our sweetest moments was, um, she had another guy staying with her, um, from Sweden and the four of us went out for sushi together and just talked about our worldly views and our travels and everything like that. And, you know, you don't get that in a lot of places if you stay at a hotel. So kind of open your horizon mm -hmm. and um, definitely think of some other things than the uh, traditional hotels just to, you know, go to the concierge and see what's going on. I just think there's so many different opportunities and there's so many apps and things out there now. Just utilize it all. Yeah. Do you have one? Um, I would say definitely just communication. She kind of talked about on what was open. Lydia's strengths are definitely her spontaneity. And that's there's definitely leave room for spontaneity when you're on your trips. Like you said, when you meet locals, you're going to have stuff that might be off the beaten path. So definitely be open to that. And that's definitely something that's one of uh, Lydia's strengths. I'll never forget when we went to Thailand, we just stepped into uh, when we were in a city named Chiang Mai in the north, we stepped into this little uh, Spanish bar, we met another American who knew the owner. And we got there just before closing. Well, we hit off uh, such a great conversation with them. They closed the place down, but told us to stay. And we literally had drinks and snacks till like three or four in the morning with this guy from Boston awesome. who moved to Thailand and the owner who was German um, and just hanging out and just having a great time with them. So that was just stuff where we were just open to like, hey, let's just walk in here and see what happens and let's try something, you know? And my biggest tip I will 100% say is, and this is pre-kids, is carry on only. You only carry on. Yes, <laughs> like, absolutely. Like, there's too many struggles and, like, challenges with checking a bag. I know you're gone for 10 days, 12 days, 14 days. Make it work because trying to find your bag at the airport and it doesn't get on the connecting flight or doesn't make it or your liquids are too much is it's just too much of a headache and each country <laughs> has like their own like liquid band barrier can't take this can't yes. take that carry on 100 percent. i can imagine you right now i can hear you like smacking your hand and i can see it in, in my on my side like do no, not check do your bag yourself <laughs> I agree. We we <laughs> did carry-ons, the three of us, when we went to Europe. Uh -huh. And my husband was like, you're crazy. And I was like, I'm going to need you to take some of the J's yeah. out your bag because you're not going to need all of those J's that you pack in. And we're going to make this work. And I mean, we were breezing through. So when you have that, for our listeners who have children... And if you want to go and let's just say that your child might be turning to not quite to before you have to buy that full price ticket. <laughs> um, 
I still would encourage you to buy the full price ticket because she gets her own carry on as well. And it just makes room for things to just be more pleasant. But yes, carry on, carry on, carry on. Yeah. Rule of the game. I feel like we could talk for hours. Um, and I feel like this is another guest that we're just going to have to bring back on, Ronnie. Like, we're just going to have to have you guys back yeah. to talk Love about it. We'll be trip. more than ready. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to get to chat with you both and hear your amazing stories. Thank you so much for joining us today. I, I just want to make sure that, you know, we commit to giving everybody a quick burst of, of information from you guys. We will feature um, mm-hmm. your locations that you guys have mentioned on the blog on the website. So nourishyourdrive.com. So for everybody listening, all Fred and Lydia's tips will be online and you can also follow them yes, um, on Instagram at the date night collection as, so that you can learn more about um, the background of what they do and, and where they go and what they've seen. It was so <laughs> great to meet the both of you. We enjoyed having you on the show and I'm sure that our listeners have as well. So thank you, thank you all right, to our listeners for tuning in today. Thank you to you two wonderful people. I hope to see you in Chicago when I come back to visit. I'll hit you up and we look forward to catching you all on our next episode where we explore experiences beyond the destination. Take care, y'all. Thanks for listening. For more information about our guest speakers, their favorite locations, or the Nourish Your Drive project, please visit nourishyourdrive.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share with your network, and don't forget to subscribe on whichever platform you're listening. And please be sure to let us know what you think by leaving us a review. If you have any questions for our guests or requests for specific locations, please drop us a note at nourishyourdrive at gmail.com. Until next time, Continue to explore experiences beyond the destination.